for one of these services. I figured it up. I believe this is the 12th year we've done this. 12th year we've done this. We stop whatever book we're going through, and we have an evening of just thanks and praise and communion. And the reason we do this is because I just absolutely love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, and I just absolutely love this idea of stopping and just saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Now, I also love the Christmas season. I'm one of those guys. I absolutely love it. I'm already listening to Christmas music. And uh, we have a Thanksgiving tree up in our house. And we have this Thanksgiving tree that we put up. And we color it with orange lights. And every day we stop and say what we're thankful for. And we've been doing this all the way since, I think, 2012. So it's neat to see the boys going back and seeing what they've ever been thankful for. But I will tell you this. As soon as Thursday is over with Friday morning, I'm ditching that Thanksgiving tree. And I'm putting up my Christmas tree that Dawn absolutely hates. And by golly, I'm still putting that thing up there. So I love the lights. I love everything about it. And there will also be a manger. Don't worry about that. We'll make sure Jesus is included. But I love this season. But I love Thanksgiving. I always have. And I think what's so difficult about Thanksgiving is um, we don't like to stop and say thank you. We're really great about praying for things. People will lift up prayer requests all the time. I will pray for things all the time. And when God answers it, oh, Lord, thank you, and I move on. But do we really ever want to stop and just say thank you? This is a difficult service to do because there are so many family events going on. There's so many people that normally come to Wednesdays that can't because they are traveling. They're doing this or that. I'm really thankful for those that came out tonight. Let's just have a time of testimony about this. Now, I'll explain what the time of testimony looks like, but I just want to look at Luke 17. Take a look at verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. So it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face as his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. If we had time, I would love to break this down. You know how my mind works. I would love to talk about the idea of Samaritans. I would love to talk about this idea that it was only the Samaritan that came back. Love to talk about this idea of the leprosy laws. Because you have to have a little bit of background. And I do have to share a little bit about the leprosy laws. If you were in the Old Testament and you had leprosy, according to Leviticus 13, you had to live outside the camp. Having leprosy in the Old Testament, or even at this time here in the time of Jesus, it meant the end of your life. Physically, eventually, but also socially, emotionally, everything. If you were found to have leprosy, you would go to the priest, the priest would investigate and say, this is leprosy, and you immediately had to move outside the camp. You had to live in a leper colony. And you had requirements that some were biblical, some were extra biblical. The Jews liked to add things to their rabbinical law. And some of the things that they said is that you had to yell, unclean, unclean, anytime someone came near you to know that you were leprous. You would also have to realize which way the wind was going. And you were not allowed to stand upwind of people so that way they were downwind of you. You would be outside the camp. Somebody like myself, if I was found to have leprosy, I would probably never be allowed to see my wife from any type of distance. It would have to be quite the distance there. I wouldn't be able to touch my kids, hold my kids, hug my wife, touch my wife, never. She could come, and she could maybe find a spot and leave me some food right there. And then when she left, I could yell from a distance, thank you, I love you. Then I would have to go grab the food and come back. 
And what would happen is if I would go into these leper colonies, if I'm going in with just one spot of leprosy, it would be inevitable that I would see dozens of people around me in further states of physical decay. And I would constantly be reminded every day of what is expected that's going to happen to me, I should say. So when you see these lepers here, and it says in verse 12 that they were standing afar off, boy, if we had time, we could really build on that. They were outcast, hated, despised, disgusting-looking, all the above. They had one hope, one hope alone, verse 13, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. You know, there's really only one miraculous healing of leprosy in the Old Testament, Naaman. So therefore, the idea of being healed by leprosy naturally was not going to happen. It had to happen supernaturally. And there's only one instance recorded in the Old Testament of that happening. So then Jesus does this amazing thing, verse 14, go show yourselves to the priest, because that's what you're supposed to do. Is if you think you've been healed of leprosy, you go to the priest. The priest kind of acted like the skin doctor and would look you over and say, Okay, it looks like there's no leprosy. We're going to still put you outside the camp for a while. Now you're going to come back in so many days. I'm going to look you over again. So go to the priest. Now this is quite the witness to the priest. Priest is working at the temple. All of a sudden these ten people show up and say, We've been healed of leprosy. Wow. Only one guy, name an Old Testament. No, how did you get healed? This man, Jesus. You see what the Lord was doing here. He's using this to spread. And verse 14, if we had time and great to build on, it was that as they went, they were cleansed. They were healed in faith. They didn't look around and saying, are we better now? As they went, they were cleansed. So real quick teaching point tonight. If you have something you're dragging your feet on and the Lord is saying, go, and you're like, oh, I'm waiting for the skies to open and the sign to be there and have the faith to do it. Sometimes you've got to go in faith and trust that the Lord's moving and working. Remember with the crossing of the Jordan, the Jordan didn't part until they put their foot in the water. These guys were healed as they went. It showed faith. Now, we get to the point that I really want to talk about. Take a look at verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Charles Spurgeon said it so eloquently, ten prayed, but only one praised. And boy, isn't that the truth. Ten prayed, but only one praised. Now, I'm not saying that that seems to be the um, statistics, but that probably is the statistics, isn't it? Think about the things you have prayed for passionately, deeply, late at night in tears. And when God answered, oh, Lord, thank you. I'm so thankful, Lord, thank you. You may have contacted dozens of people, hundreds of people to say pray, but we don't give that same passion in giving thanks. That's what I love about Thanksgiving. For one day, one day, we stop turning and just say, Lord, I want to be thankful. For one day, the world stops and says, yeah, I don't want to hear any bitterness. I don't want to hear any complaining. It's Thanksgiving. Can you imagine if we had that same heart? Because Paul wrote in Thessalonians, give thanks in all circumstances. All circumstances give thanks. I want to show this slide real quick. Can you put that up for me, Dustin? It's really easy to find verses on giving thanks. I stuck with just the Psalms. You can sense the theme here. Psalm 22, 22. I would declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among many people. I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips, O Lord, for yourself know. 
Let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. That's, that's what we're going to do here tonight. Is we're going to praise God in the assembly of the people. Is that we're going to take time that you're able to stop and say, I want to give thanks for what God has done. Now, if you've never been to one of these services before, I got some rules. And here are the rules. Number one. It has to be a thanks. This is not time for prayer requests. We have lots of time for prayer requests. You can contact the prayer line. You can talk to us afterwards. We'll pray for you. We just had three weeks of prayer. This is a time of praise and thanks. To stop and say, I'm going to do exactly what this says right here. Month's assembly. Number two, this is not a time of starting out with thanks and turning it into complaining. Okay? What does that look like? I really want to thank God for my job and just how good it's going. Pause. Because I have an awful boss that is really difficult, and every day it's a struggle to go in. And I really want to thank God for my job. Nope, 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 nope. Not going to do that. Renee is going to actually go around and be the MC for the evening. He has the power and the ability to cut your mic off at any time if you start getting into that borderline bitterness, anger, whatever. Number three, we don't need to know all the details. Now, I know that's difficult. You may just want to say, you know what? I want to give thanks for my marriage. God knows. You know what? I want to give thanks for the Lord helping me through a situation this year. Now, you may want to say, well, you need to know how awful it was. You need to know how awful and horrible. Because when you know how horrible it was, you'll understand the thanks even more. I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe just, Lord, thank you. Now, if you want to share a neat testimony of what God's doing, amen, we want to hear it. If you want to give God the glory, then amen, we want to hear it. But the focus is on the Lord and the thanks that what he has done. And that's what we want to do here. And we're going to finish with communion. And so probably at about 10 till, quarter till, I'll be standing in the back giving Renee the wrap-up signal. So that way when Renee has to be the bad guy and say, sorry, we got to cut you short, you can get upset at me, not at Renee. But I tell you, I really want us to stop for this service and do exactly what these verses say. And some of you may be sitting here tonight saying, that's not my personality to talk in front of whatever is here tonight, this many people. But you know what? There's something about, if you note the theme, every verse has in the midst of the assembly, in the great assembly, great assembly, in the assembly of the people, in the assembly of the upright in the congregation, there's something about doing it publicly. And saying, Lord, I want to publicly say, this is what you've done for me this year. And I give you thanks. Please remember, once again, Charles Spurgeon, very eloquent quote. Ten prayed, one praised. We see in the story of the ten lepers, only one. Jesus, in verse 17, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Tonight is the night for you to stop and say, Lord, I want to give thanks. Now, this part of the message here that we just taught on is recorded. This part from here on out is not going to be recorded anymore. So Dustin is shutting that off. So now you can say whatever you want. And it will not be recorded in any way whatsoever. So feel free to share.